welcome into the State Hornet Sports Podcast. My name is Richard Ivanowski, and I've got a couple of Sacramento legends in studio. <laughs> Don't where, where are they? <laughs> All right, it is Deuce and Mo. You know them from their podcasts. Uh, you know them from their work with the Kings, the Stockton Kings, and the Sacramento Kings. Uh, let's get into it, guys. Yeah. Uh, let's just jump right in. I am struggling with the introduction here because you guys wear so many hats okay <laughs> i mean you've been in radio i i even i was pulling from your guys websites some lists of what you guys do broadcaster commentator producer reporter analyst engineer writer wow. it's a lot of stuff right yeah i mean i think in 2019 you have to be able to like do it all and having that ability and i also think like my journey her journey it helps you understand all aspects of the business yep. and lets you appreciate. There's some people that get in the business and they're just so-called talent. They're just broadcasters, but they don't know, understand like what goes into it. Like you guys setting up all this equipment. Yep. Like I have an understanding of this stuff. I know how this stuff works. And I, I think it helps you appreciate all aspects of the business. And not only does it help you appreciate, it makes you more valuable though in this business because nowadays like they can find someone that can do one thing, but if you can do it all, well, mm -hmm. then you're more likely to be a better candidate. Right. I mean, that definitely makes a ton of sense. And it seems like you guys really do. You kind of have you kind of have to do a little bit of everything in uh, digital sports media right now. Um, did you both start out in radio? Yeah, I, I knew at a young age, I was like, you know, 12 oh, probably earlier than that i just knew i wanted to be in some sort of broadcasting radio tv whatever and when the kings were kind of in their heyday in the early 2000s i like was a kid who would sit in front of the tv and take myself doing play-by-play -play. my dream was like i'm going to be the next great napier i'm going to i want to do play-by-play -play. i want to do a talk show and um when i was 16 i started bugging people at kshk eventually got in there as like a unofficial intern and worked my way up and that was the whole thing. I wanted to get into it. So I knew at a young age what I wanted to do. I wanted to get in the radio, and that's kind of how I got there. Well, it's funny that he really, truly started in radio, where my journey really began with, like, television. And it was just media throughout high school. We had a media program that I loved. Um, and then I moved to L.A. to go do TV. I wanted to do, like, television hosting. I wasn't even sure at the time. Like, my love for sports was there, but... Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if I could be Aaron Andrews and I just didn't have the confidence in myself. So then when I moved back, I started interning for uh, a sports station or well, it was a new station in the sports department. And then that's also when I started to meet Deuce and he was like, you should get into sports radio. And then my love for just sports media started to grow there. Yeah. And then you guys got on into a, a morning slot there. For a while, is that is that correct? Yeah, we originally we got in the middays. It was me, Morgan, and Jason Ross. Oh. We had great success. It's yes. still to this day like it's wild how many people reference that show, and it hasn't been on the air in like four and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, station management at the time thought the morning show was struggling, and they said, "Hey, we feel like you and Morgan could really boost it. We'll put you in the mornings." And to be frank, it just didn't work. Like our chemistry wasn't there. We didn't vibe. Our other with, show was the best. Yeah, we didn't vibe with uh, our co-host at the time and things happened. And yeah. they ultimately decided to go in a new direction. They let us go on April 1st, 2016, right. which is a day like for me, motivates me all the time. Love it. Um, because that was a day they told me like, they didn't say it, but when you decide to let us go, you told me I wasn't good enough. And so on April Fool's Day, April yeah. Fool's Day. so yeah. my mentality was like, oh. yo, I'm this is this date means something. I'm going to go prove people wrong. And since then, we just said, you know what? We're not going to feel bad for ourselves. We're not going to slam them. You know, we still, you know, do some work over there every mm -hmm. once in a while. Um, we just said, yeah, OK, let's dust ourselves off. Let's launch a podcast. We did some Good Day Sacramento and then the Kings roles got expanded. And here we are. Yeah. And I mean, it happens to a lot of people in radio because radio is really struggling. Uh, and it's podcasts are a big reason for that. They're taking over. Yeah. And I think it's something as someone who has a passion for audio, you know, I, I, radio stations to me, um, it reminds me of what newspapers were, you know, 10 years, even probably longer than that, where they didn't embrace what was happening. Right. Like newspapers waited too long to embrace the digital side, oh, yeah. you know, and then they gave it away for free. And here they are. A lot of these local newspapers are struggling because of it. And it, it sucks because they're so important 
to a city, to a culture. And radio is the same thing, especially the sports variety. Like yep. sports talk radio, is, sports talk is still huge right now. And you see it with all these podcasts, whether it's, you know, the Kings podcast you do, the podcast we do, podcasts all over the place. Some of the best ranked podcasts are sports. And I, I think radio has this mentality sometimes that they're better than that instead of, hey, you need to embrace the fact that this is where we are. ESPN Radio is a good example. They don't call themselves ESPN Radio anymore. It's ESPN Audio. Because, it, yes, radio is important. It still has a huge reach, but podcasting is big, too. Absolutely. I know I just talked a long time. No, you totally. This is <laughs> this is what I have to go through, obviously. Well, Even you, on the podcast, is you know, Deuce will ask me a question about who, whatever the hell team, and then he's answering his own question, and, and then he's going on to the next question. Um, but I appreciate your enthusiasm, especially your enthusiasm toward radio and toward audio, because, you know, you – a lot of people on the outside see radio or even just casually know radio and they go, well, isn't it dying? Isn't it dead? And it's like, no, no, no. Actually, it's just whoever's doing it the right way is evolving yeah, and becoming right. audio. And it's having an app. It's ha launching special podcasts. It's truly becoming audio and yeah. digital. And I think if you are willing to expand and to evolve and, you know, you talk about newspapers, you talk about news stations even doing that. Like most of the time, I'm not going to watch uh the nightly news but if i saw it on an instagram story really right. quick that's where i'm getting my news really quick oh okay yes. great they just put it right there yeah. That's, yeah it's so interesting because yeah when i think of radio i i literally to me what comes into my mind is like depression era like <laughs> dialing some knobs around to get the baseball game on but when i think of audio you know that's what i'm consuming all the time i listen to 10 podcasts a day like truly um, and even the radio, when I listen to the radio, I do it through my phone. I don't use like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Is that crazy? But uh, yeah, I mean, and then you, you've, so then you both transitioned into uh, video as well, obviously. And, and even that has different nuances. Sometimes it's, it can be live TV. I, uh, I know you guys have done live TV. You've done some sideline reporting, mm -hmm. Morgan, for the uh, FC Republic as well. Um, you know, what is that transition like? Yeah, you know, so I did Good Day Sacramento first, and then I did uh, Sacramento Public FC and that sideline reporting. And, you know, there's so many similarities in the entire business when it comes to sports broadcasting and how you carry yourself and how you speak. I know, obviously, with TV, you don't get as much of an opinion sometimes because with the sports podcast, you're elaborating on um, what your opinions and everything may be about a game or about a player or whoever it may be, but where you're kind of just reporting news and saying the stating the facts when you're on TV and everything. So I would say that would be the biggest difference, but really it all just goes under the same family. TV is so much easier. Here's really? the example. Yes. Because here's how I look at it. If you can host a talk show, a three hour talk show and keep compelling, keep it compelling, right? You're not relying on callers. You're having good conversations. You're coming up with a whole bunch of angles. You're talking to guests, asking good questions and you're doing that for three hours carrying a show. That's not easy. Whereas like when I was on good day, it was like they toss it out to me and I talked for mm -hmm. two and a half minutes. Right. I would say this, sure. if you took a TV person and told them, Hey, I know you're a sportsman, but you have to host a sports radio show for three hours. They would struggle more so than the person going from radio to TV. That's how I look at it. It didn't really phase me going to TV. Like, I, I don't know why no. I just, the camera is just there and I just talked, I was just comfortable. I don't, I, I just don't care about messing up. That's but it didn't phase mentality. me going into radio, but also I wasn't a lead in radio. I was never a lead. I, I started off, you know, being a female in the sports world, just asking some questions behind a microphone because that's what we did back in the day. And then, you know, it was great having some male allies like Jason Ross and Deuce Mason who were like, no, 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 you're more than that. You're not going to ask questions. You're going to give your opinion because you're smart and you educate yourself. And so once I did start doing that, though, the transition even from TV to radio was still easy enough because I was myself. And I think that's kind of the most important thing for that's a good point. any broadcaster out there. And when you can be yourself on both sides, yeah. it's it just comes easy. Some people just make it way harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is the same go for you, Deuce, or do you feel like you have to play up a little bit 
play a character of any kind. On <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely ramp it up. Like, I, mean, I know you're a uh, Yeah. WWE. Well, I, I think part of, honestly, like, I, I do ramp it up a bit on, mm-hmm. like, when I'm doing a show. I just turn myself up. That's what I'd say. I'm still myself, but I just turn it up. Like, I, I have a little more energy. Because sometimes I'm just hanging out with people. I'm kind of a lazy talker. I'm just kind of chill. But when it comes to doing a show, I'm going to ramp it up, and I'm going to get a little more loud. I'm going to bring my opinion a little bit harder. Um, that, you're doing that, it now as you're yeah, well, That's why I was trying to do it. <laughs> I was trying to show you. Yeah, yeah. I turn it up. And honestly, some of the stuff I used to do, like, I, I would start saying, like, especially when we were on radio, I'd give myself nicknames and say, the people call me this. And honestly, it's one, and that that came from wrestling a little bit. But in my way, it's <laughs> how you market. You're like a wrestler too. You got the mic. You you. In it. <laughs> yes, I have the mic. Well, and this is where wrestling, the way they build characters is so smart because it 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 builds recognition. Mm-hmm. It builds an identity. A an identity. And to this day, mm-hmm. I used to say, "Oh yeah, the people call me the Beacon of Physical Fitness." And now I'll be at Kings games and people go, "What's up, Beacon?" Or the voice, or or one the father figure. One of my eight hundred nicknames I have. No joke, the father figure. And I mean, he yeah. came up with these names randomly too, just throughout the years when he would have advice on something like giving giving some small kids some crap about wearing a. Uh, uh, two, what are those hats? The, the split, split hats yeah, with like yeah. giants and A's. First of all, kids, you shouldn't be wearing that. But Deuce bluntly likes to tell the kids and tries to be like, hey, I'm the father figure. Come here. Hey, kid, you look like an idiot. Take the hat off. I, I see like I that. Know, yeah. But um, no, anyway, the whole point to that is just like you, you build. I think what we did on that midday show that made it special was building those kind of characters, even phone calls. Like there was a guy that called in named Dan in Citrus Heights and he was, he just came across across creepy. Like I really and so I started calling him Creepy Dan. The guy embraced the Creepy Dan nickname. Everyone calls Creepy Dan or there was a kid that used to call us he was oh. twelve and he would give us a breakdown of the Kings game and we call him his name was Josh. We call him Coach Josh. And then so that's the one thing I do like about radio is there is a connection yeah. that maybe podcasting in its current form doesn't have unless it's live because you build a community of like fans together and characters. And I, th- I think that's what makes it fun. Absolutely. So we got Deuce, the father figure, Mason. Yeah. I mean, that's one of them. The beacon, the beacon, uh, the ordained minister, I, ordained minister. Um, the ordained minister. Well, I became an ordained minister last year to marry a couple, the universal life church. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so it took minutes. And then that couple is already. That was last October. The couple is no longer together. So he's zero for one, dude. Wow. He's yeah, 0 not for good. One. I don't think you deserve that nickname. No. no. I, well, I got to do another wedding. But he did on our podcast say, "Hey guys, I need to redeem myself. So if anyone needs an ordained minister, we've had one person reach out asking him to be the ordained minister in yeah. the spring. So it depends on the king schedule. But I said I'm going to go just to drink the free alcohol and take some pictures. You know? Yeah, I should have brought you guys down to to Cabo. I should have brought you guys down to Cabo. Yeah. And, uh, brought, <laughs> oh. and, with yeah. Yeah. Um, it's better you didn't bring him but is there a nickname for you morgan do we have morgan the what reagan you know i i know it's just a lot of people call me mo but uh I, when i it was 2015 and i was nominated for the best radio voice of sacramento in of 2015 and so deuce as like a wrestling fan wanted to put me over if you know that term it's you know just a wrestling term he wanted to put me over so we made a video of deuce being like this heel and he's like don't vote for morgan vote for me and he was talking about all the bad things i do really just to to uh express and put me out there in this new way but then started calling me the voice of sacramento the voice of sacramento and then i won you did and win. then I ended up you winning win. the voice of Sacramento. So I think it more was the campaign that actually uh, won me the best voice of Sacramento in 2015. <laughs> so thank you. But that would be the only thing I ever had Mo and the voice. Well, and that's, I mean, you're marketing yourselves there as well, which is another big part of what you guys do. And, uh, digital media, you've got to market yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not even one of the 10 things I named off earlier that you do. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to that, what, which of your projects are, are currently still active? Because I know it's, it's, some stuff kind of comes and goes. Yeah. You do, you, like I said, you wear a lot of hats with the Kings organization. What's going on right now? Uh, we're still doing the Do Some Mo podcast, except we took a bit Three of a break weeks? because she had some family stuff. And then I was in India with the Kings. And then I was in New York before that for broadcast meetings. But um, yeah, so Do Some Mo podcast that we do weekly. We're still doing Stockton Kings this year. And I know we 
have a cool announcement with our Stockton Kings coverage for game coverage coming up next week. Yeah, and then I, I run the Kings radio broadcast. I feel like I do a lot with the Kings, and sometimes it's just stuff that they randomly ask me to do, random projects, stuff that maybe you guys see that I'm involved with that you wouldn't know I was involved with. And I mean, yeah. same with you. And, and I know her, her role has changed with the Kings a little bit. She left the junior Kings that I speak for her for some reason. Uh, <laughs> no, cause you're trying to pursue more broadcasting and yes. we'll see. Yeah. And that it's true. So I left the, uh, the full-time gig with the Sacramento Kings. So I'm still part of, I'm still a Sacramento Kings employee. Um, still doing just emceeing, you know, Q and A's, whatever they need with those little, uh, content pieces. But then Stockton Kings color analyst, uh, but I really wanted to focus on this whole broadcasting thing. And I did this years ago. And here, here's the only issue with broadcasting and being in this business. Uh, there, you, you named off all those jobs in the beginning. That's what this job is. Mm-hmm. You have to have so many different jobs because a lot of them end up being freelance. Now, Deuce is lucky enough, too, to have that job with the Sacramento Kings that kind of falls under the same umbrella, which is radio, right? So he lucked out where my job with the Kings fell under youth basketball, which had nothing to do with broadcast, which I loved, but I couldn't focus, you know, hundred percent on my broadcast with that. So, um, so now I've just been grinding. I've been hustling on the side, uh, looking for new gigs. I had something lined up and, uh, it, Hey, it came, <laughs> it went, but it might come back. It's just how this business goes. Yeah. It's a grind, but it's fun. Like I think anyone getting in this field, whether you're writing like for a newspaper, a website, doing TV, radio, it's it's a grind, but it's rewarding too because it's something you love to do and that's that's why we're doing it. We got a long way to go and we still want to learn and grow and get better, but it's also trying to appreciate where you're at too, Yeah, which is hard sometimes. Absolutely, and today we're, we're at Sac State. Uh, I know you both went to Sac State and I wanted to kind of tie this into, uh, because of the diversity of the skill set that you guys need to, to be uh, in your careers, you know, what did you learn in school? And, and maybe more importantly for anyone listening who's interested in getting into this into this field, what were you not able to learn in school uh, that, you, that you're using now? What did you have to teach yourselves? Like, you know, where are the deficiencies in, um, you know, the classroom that you're going to have to go out and, and hustle like you're saying? Yeah, I, I think my situation was different because I was already working in radio at the time. So my mindset when I came to Sac State is, okay, I'm going to become a better writer. I'm going to major in journalism. My minor was uh, PR, and it, it helped me become a better writer. Absolutely. I think that was first and foremost, like improve as a writer, and I did that. And then the next thing to me for anyone is build relationships. You know, I feel like nowadays everyone talks about networking, but build relationships with fellow students, with professors, because I mean, these professors, I still have close relationships with a couple of professors here and they were impactful. You know, the, the great example I bring up is I had one semester left at Sac State and I got a job in San Francisco uh, to be to produce a morning show down there. And I was worried, like, what am I going to do? Well, a professor worked with me and I was able to get the units necessary by working away from Sac State. And that just relieved so much stress. But his mindset at the time was you're going to learn more outside the classroom than you're going to be if you just stay in Sacramento. So that those are those are big things. And as far as for my field in terms of what I didn't get, I mean, they just don't have a broadcasting department mm-hmm. here, you know, and, that, and that's disappointing because you look at it. Sacramento has a lot of broadcasters who have made it big. Like Christina Mendonca, like longtime okay. anchor. She's from Del Campo High School. Same here. Del Campo, baby. Um, but there's a lot. Lisa Ling. I mean, uh, who was the other guy? Lester Holt. Didn't he go to Sac State? I think Lester Holt from NBC Nightly News went to yeah, Sac State. Well. And that guy. Yeah. And so they did that without a broadcast department. I, I wish Sac State had more something like that. Um, but, I, you know, that that's probably the one thing I would point out, too. And I was fortunate because I was working at a radio station at the time. Yeah. And I would say for me, it, it really allowed me to get into those internships, especially back in 2013, where all internships were unpaid. Um, so I was, you know, working two for free. But these classes, I took when I was older, I enrolled in the Sac State as I got a little older, I was like 23. Oof, and you're old. 
No, but but you know what I mean. Like I I stopped going. To, I went yeah, to Sierra. Yeah, yeah. I stopped going to school and then coming back. It that's what felt older and weird. Um, Guys, and, I'm 31. It, well, Me too. I'm 31 <laughs> now. Yeah, no, but like then it, I remember just being like, wow, like I felt old and. But the thing that it helped me do was get those internships as an older person at that time um, with those jobs, with KHEK, with ABC 10, News 10 at the time, I think. But uh, so that was something that really helped me with just going to school and everything. And I think one of the other things I would have loved to have learned in some of these classes was just like you're saying, building those relationships and not resources. Because I think genuine relationships mean so much more, especially in this business, and especially even if you're just writing, you know, with the journal journalism classes that they do have here. I know some just aren't focused on that, but I mm -hmm. think that is such a huge part when you're in this business. And I know that we share something in common because we came from the same uh, community college. I know we all yeah. transferred from community colleges. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to American River for like two, two and a half years. Nah, nah, nah. No one likes that school. <laughs> Let's talk about Sierra. Thank <laughs> you. Here's the thing. I have no pride in going to American River College. Why? I, just, I mean, I just, it was close to my place where I was living. I went there right. and I was like, I'm just going to transfer. It's not like I go, yeah, beaver for life, man. Um, like, I don't. Wolverine for life. It's a little different there than Stinger go. Up. Stinger's up, baby. But how was that transition for you? Uh, let's start. Let's yeah. start talking about from Sierra, and we can do ARC as well. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, how how is that? How is the difference for you? And then, um, yeah, I mean, going from uh, community college, I, I do feel like you're right. Like I feel like you just go to the one that's closest to your house, right? Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, the change to Sac State. What were that like? Yeah. So for me, going to Sierra College, it was funny. I out of high school turned down all my scholarships for basketball. It's five six point guard. You know, had some offers and just was seventeen years old and kind of turned not into a brat but you know you you have all your friends around you quit and you're like maybe my love for this game isn't there oh no it was there so Sierra College also they they had someone rec going out recruiting asking people so they asked me to play for them I ended up playing for them so playing basketball while going to school made going to school so much more fun it just did that's a hundred percent because no i yeah. will tell you right now that transition because then i stopped going to school i went to la for tv but then when i came back is when i went to sac state and when i came back not having that motivation of basketball it was hard it was mm. hard honestly being on finding myself on campus i'm like are there journalism online classes why do i have to be on campus even though this is like one of the most beautiful campuses ever out there but um being a student athlete sports really pushed me to go and that was my drive for school so i say that transition was the biggest transition uh, school-wise same 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 yeah i felt like it was better at sac state just because at that time my general education was done i was just focused on journalism stuff which i was obviously passionate about mm -hmm. i just felt i mean it wasn't easy i mean it took a lot to, you know some of the bigger projects were tough it just came down to managing time. But I I mean, I was working early on an early morning show at the time. And then I come to, to school right after. I go to school and I leave. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm so happy with where my career has, has taken me. But I never really got the college experience, right? I didn't, like, go away for school and then embrace the campus culture. When I was here, it was like I was here to go to class and then I left. You know, nice. I know that's a reputation that Sac State has had for a long time. And I know it's something they would love to change over time. But my circumstances were different because I was working in radio. Um, but, no, I, I enjoyed my time at Sac State. I didn't feel like the transition was that tough. I thought in some ways I felt like college was – easier than high school for me i just was more focused in college is that because you kind of get to choose what you want to do at a certain point yeah and then you know you you grow up a little bit too and you you understand how everything works or you know in high school i'm trying to be the class clown i was fine in high school it's not like i was a bad student but then what and then <laughs> trying to be the, wait i'm sorry did that take eight hours of your day to be the class clown no, i was like saying you're I was acting like no, that was a part-time no, no, gig no, no, i'm just saying i was being a class clown so i wasn't focused on my school work all the time uh, and then, you know, once you got in the call, I mean, here, I did graduate with honors. Oh, okay. I knew so, we were going to hear that uh, one today. Yeah, it was 3.65 GPA? I think I think like, I saw that on. Yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well the transition wasn't bad. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, I mean, looking back now, I mean, do, do you feel like, I think Sac State, one of the, the best things about Sac State in the city of Sacramento, um, and this is a good thing about a lot of state schools, is that a lot of people that go to the school stay in the city. And I think that the networking opportunities are there where 
I mean, it really, everyone I run into, half of them say, oh, yeah, I went to Sac State, too. Um, are you, do you have connections? I mean, I know Jason Ross still uh, yeah. does calls the football games here for the for the Hornets here. Do you still have a lot of connections with uh, alumna, uh, alumnus? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else that I know. I mean, I definitely have relationships with people throughout the years. I mean, even people who I didn't go to school with necessarily who went here. You know, Jimmy Spencer, who works for uninterrupted yes. you know who on you know on lebron's company you know he, he he wrote for the state hornet and here he is as the head of content for uninterrupted lebron james company yeah. it's pretty cool you know sam amick didn't sam amick go to sac state i think Did sam amick yeah Heck yeah yeah from the okay. athletics so I, again amick. we talk about tv personalities yeah. that it came from sac state but there's definitely some people who have made a big impact in the industry who, who have gone through here and i think that is really cool for students to see and, and for you guys to tell those stories because it it definitely probably it, it can give people more confidence like oh i can go to sac state i don't have to go to syracuse i don't have to yes. go to asu or name another journalism school to to be the next big broadcaster it's like no you can go to sac state they have great resources it's you can so learn true. a lot and uh you know start your career it's those resources that's exactly it. it's it's branching out and finding other connections especially in your smaller market and those people that are willing to help hey can you shadow me can i you know what can i do in someone else's space and um it's just utilizing the people you know in the spaces around you truly so are you guys still learning learning new skills oh, uh, all, i mean all the time i think that's the biggest thing I think that one of the best things that happened to us probably was getting let go over it in radio, mm -hmm. you know, because I think sometimes I was too focused on radio. Hmm. And when you take a step back, you go, wow, okay. And you kind of see where content is headed and, and what works content wise and still changing all the time or the, how we consume things are changing. Um, so I think it, it helped us evolve and it's, it really, we just embrace like, hey, we don't know everything and that's okay. And I think that's the biggest thing just as a human being is getting to the point, and I don't know what age it is for most people. I feel like for me, it was like right around that time we got like, so I was probably 27-ish or something yeah. where you just go, huh, I don't know everything. And, and that's cool, you know? And you just wanna keep on learning. I, I just, I look at myself then and what I know now and my confidence of even talking. Here's the thing, when I was on the radio, there was three of us. I was still pushed back as a female uh, radio voice once we were on that morning show. Um, at, there was one point that I was told to not talk for a whole month just because the ratings were down. Then the ratings went way down, which was great. It was great proof to show. So then getting on the podcast with Deuce, it was like time to learn. It was time to be and have that confidence that I always had, but I could really push out there. And he had that confidence in me. So then I was able to elaborate on um, all of my knowledge of every single sports team and every single thing and gave me confidence. And finally, not it wasn't until this year, a couple weeks ago, they asked me to fill in on KHK. It was my first time having a different host like run the show than Deuce, and it was Jason Ross. And I had that same confidence because Jason Ross is also one of those guys that has that confidence in me. So ended up being a great three days of uh, radio shows. Yeah, and I mean, now that you guys are working for the Stockton Kings, doing the play-by-play -play and the color commentating. Um, I mean, that's a big deal. I, I feel like there aren't enough uh, women commentators, uh, they, but the ones that do it are so great. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, for the NBA, like, my favorite commentator, I think, is, is uh, Doris Burke, probably. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, she is, she is so killer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how was that experience for you? And um, you see that changing in that landscape at all, that like women are getting more opportunities Oh, there? yes. They, I mean, finally. You know, we're getting there in that point where people are like, oh, well, not only are women equally as good as men, but that voice, it, it normalizes having females everywhere on a broadcast, whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's in front of the camera, wherever it may be. And I think that's so great even for the sport of basketball to normalize a female voice on a broadcast. So doing this with the G League, I mean, it's a dream come true. It's a dream come true. And seeing other women out there, like I, uh, Megan McPeak is with the Capital City Go-Go's, and she's the play-by-play -play voice. She also does work with the Washington Mystics. You know, I got to meet her and talking to her. It's so cool seeing how she will stand her ground. And she's like one of those people that's like, I don't want to be a sideline reporter, so I'm not going to be a sideline reporter. Where me, at first, my confidence was, well, I'll be a sideline reporter if I have 
have to. And yeah. now that I'm now that I'm a color commentator, I'm like, I don't need to be a sideline reporter. I can be a color commentator. Let's go. It, I mean, it definitely is changing. And it is. it's been kind of a slow roll. And I think the NBA is probably on the forefront of it where they are putting women in other positions besides a sideline reporter. And that's it's ridiculous that it's taken this long mm-hmm. that, hey, okay, if you we have a woman on the broadcast, she must be a sideline reporter. And she gets to ask her two questions to <laughs> the player or coach. And there you go. There's no her, there's analyzing. Her yeah, you know, and so it's like you know, women know the sport too. And, and you're seeing it not only in broadcasting, but in coaching. We're seeing more and more yes. women yep. coaches in the league. So I, I think it's great. Yeah, and so how do you guys like learn – how to broadcast? I mean, you said. I mean, there are broadcasting schools. This isn't one. Um, you didn't go to broadcasting school. You didn't study broadcasting. How do you teach yourself those skills? Because it seems yeah. hard, man. I, I when I watch those games, when I watch uh, the live calls, it seems hard. And I'm like, how are they even knowing the names of every player? I mean, I know that's like elementary to you guys, but it's it blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I think my broadcasting school was working at a radio station and. I was just like, I'm going to soak it up. I'd go to Kings games for free, just like with a credential, just to meet and talk to people. And then once I, I used to run way back in the day, I was the board operator for Kings broadcast. So I'm listening to G-Man call games. And now I've been sitting next to him, you know, for this going to my seventh season doing Kings radio broadcast. And I think when you listen to a lot of stuff and not just, oh, hey, you're listening because you want to know what's going on in the game, but I'm listening to how he calls a game i listen to grant and you know that's one thing when i watch games i'm watching the game for the game but i'm also listening to the broadcasters mm-hmm. and i'm just very observant in that way i try to take notes of what i like what i don't like seeing how gary gerald who's been doing this as a king's announcer every year in sacramento going his 35th season of calling king's games seeing how he preps you know talking to jason ross who's called king's games but sac state as well mm-hmm. xfl seeing how he preps and that's that's probably the biggest thing is prep the g league broadcast can be tough because you know, NBA wise, I feel like if someone told me, hey, you have to call, like if someone called me and said, you got to call Kings Jazz tonight. Could do it. I would do it. Because right you know the players. Even, it yeah, wouldn't even fit. Exactly. But if they're like, hey, we got a G League broadcast tonight, it's the Salt Lake City Stars taking on the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, I'd be like, okay. Uh, I mean, I could do it, mm-hmm. but I'd have to prep so much. And that's the biggest yeah. thing. You're finding the guy's roster, you're finding unique facts. The Um, names. It's always about the names and in the rosters there's so much turnover too. So even with even with your own roster sometimes. So I think that's been the number one thing that I've noticed even Deuce has done that's kinda taught me was the homework and the prep that goes into it. And now, because I don't have that other gig uh, that was taking up so much of my time, I'll be able to focus even more so on analyzing and making it smooth and uh, and everything. But I was going to say another thing that we did right in the beginning when we knew we were going to be play-by-play and color analysts, we were like, all right, well, we know how to do this, but we've never done this together. So what did we do? We muted games. We watched Lakers, Spurs. Deuce, and we prepped like it was like we're calling Deuce the game. was calling the game, like, you know, just calling it out. And we, we both had uh, rosters in front of us with little notes, and we were just calling the game. We had like a little camera up just to see if we yeah. could go back. So we did things like that, and I also in my phone still take notes on anytime I hear Doris Burke on a broadcast, Kevin Harlan, and anyone. G-Man, I have G-Man notes because one time I was listening to a game with him, just seeing what little things that they do and how they describe things um, going into each quarter. It's just, it's all it is. It's just like mimicking what other people, I, greats, are doing. On to relate to sports, it's like a player studying other players, yeah. right? Like and working on certain moves and trying to understand that. You know, the other thing is just talking to people too. Like I went, to, I mentioned I went to NBA broadcast meetings. I went up and talked to Mike Breen. Never met Mike Breen in my life but like he's one of the best yep announcers in my opinion of all time and i went up and i just i picked his brain for a few minutes and he gave me some great advice and he goes here's my phone number call me if you need anything and you're like wait my brain are you kidding me name drop and kevin harlan the same thing when we oh, interviewed yeah. him before we interviewed him he spent 15 minutes talking to us about the business and my my whole point to that is when you have these these broadcasters that are su- at such a high level and they're willing to give back, I think that's definitely something where you can take a lot from. And so, yeah, it's picking people's brain, being observant, studying tape, all that. Yeah, and it's funny because, uh, I mean, 
you guys are doing that for the next person too. I mean, you guys have been very, very nice to me uh, as I've been uh, tagging around to these uh, G League games and NBA games. And you know, that's what the the career kind of feels like. And, and tell me if I'm mistaken, but it feels like there's a lot of uh, mentorship. Uh, I, I think it's gotten better, and I, I think it's the same way with like stand-up comedians too. There, where there was a there's a day and age where like everyone was fighting to get stand-up specials and they'd all like crap on each other and but now there's so many outlets where hey you can put a stand-up social on netflix on amazon prime you could put one out on your own apple whatever so people are more uplifting and i think mm-hmm. it's the same thing nowadays where there's so many avenues in the sports content field that there are people who are like no like i needed help getting here i want to help people and that that's my mindset too i would love i want to help people and i <laughs> i still look at it myself i'm like i still have a long way to go like it I, I still have so much to learn, but if I can give back in any way, yep. absolutely, I want to give back. Yeah, that's it's been the same here, especially as a female um, broadcaster. I think that's something, you know, for so many years, like when I was taking care of my grandma, I'd hear gr- my grandma, women are so bad to other women. I'm like, it's 2019, grandma, not like that, that bad anymore. <laughs> and it's not. It's you, you, There's so many more empowering women empowering one another and and giving each other the confidence that they need and the skills that they need and so i just had even a young uh broadcaster from seattle reach out to me and she just it made me want to cry things that she wanted to say but it's like she's gonna follow my career and i was like if you have any questions ever you reach out like let's help each other let's go so i think that's really what it's kind of turned into yeah i mean it's obviously still a competitive business and people shouldn't just be handed things you know but (laughs) Like, I, I think it's important to uplift and give people confidence because I went back and, li- you know, I did my for- my first sports update when they used to do sports updates on the radio. I was like 18. I'm 31 now. And I went back. I had it saved and listened to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it was awful. And I'm sure when I'm, you know, five years from now, I'm going to listen back to this and be like, man, what was I saying? But, you know, it's about evolving, growing. And I think the biggest thing, especially in broadcasting, is just con- – well, I don't know if it's just broadcasting, but confidence. Like, yeah. I, I don't get nervous with a mic because it's just a mic. Like, we put this down. Who cares? We would be talking just like this. And I think it's the biggest thing is just to have the confidence and just just talk. It's cool. Be yourself. True that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you brought uh, – a minute ago you made an analogy, Deuce, about – uh, kind of to to athletes to to the game of basketball, right? From from broadcasters working on their craft. Um, I wonder. This was something. This is a little bit more of an out of the box question, but I wonder. I had the same question about how much of broadcasting ability is something you can study, and how much of it is a natural element. Hmm. Because when it comes to athletes, like you can work on your craft all day, but if you don't have a certain level of competence physically, you're just not going to be able to make it, right? And obviously, what you guys need is not something, you know, physical strength or height or what have you. But is there an element of broadcasting that is just kind of inherent? And if you don't have it, you don't have it. Well, can I can I start with this? Because sure. I'm actually, I think it's it's very similar to athletes. How many athletes are? Or let's just stick to basketball. How many NBA players are just athletic? but they don't understand the game. They don't have that basketball IQ, but they're so athletic, they're so scrappy, they can win a roster spot. Uh, now, I don't think that goes so much with broadcasters because there's you know only a few spots uh, within the big leagues, you can say, with broadcasting spots, but but there's I'm sure there's some out there, though, that where they don't even maybe like their love for the game or passion for broadcasting might not come out, but they're just good at going through the motions. Now I can't name anyone off the top of my head, but there could be more, uh, I don't want to say amateur, but there could be different, different levels of broadcasters that I just haven't seen before that I'm sure just kind of go through the motions, but the love and the passion isn't there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you obviously have to have, talent to do it but i also don't want to make it seem like it's rocket science either you know yeah. weird, I, I think if you talk to 10 different network executives or radio people television they would have different answers you know what they're looking for you know um i i, I think a lot of it's a sound like what's the voice sound like you know i think you, you probably want someone that has a voice that is a what they believe is appealing to the audience but yeah. i've also heard broadcasters with raspy voices and weird voices so i mean i think as long as you can paint the picture put on a good broadcast you can do it um 
But you have to have confidence. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can find that confidence, and some people, that's all they need to get to that next level is like, okay, I feel like this is my passion. I have the homework down. I can do a little play-by-play, but man, I get nervous. You just have to get that confidence, and that can unlock everything. I don't know if I really answered your question, but um, yeah. I don't know. I I get what you're saying with the basketball aspect. Like, if I wanted to be an NBA player when I was like 16, I'm probably not going to be an NBA player. Like, I'm I'm just not. I don't have the athleticism. See, See and Morgan's mindset's I totally different. Disagree. She's my mindset. You can do anything you put your mind to. You're the beacon. I mean, it's it, there's, no, yeah, there's no physical shortcomings, right. right? I mean, you're right. Here's the thing. Morgan really thinks if she if she right now decides she want to be an astronaut, she could go do it. And I'm like, I could. Yeah, by let's, 80, let's inject I would a, be an a dose of reality here. Um, it is reality. I'm how realistic. many astronaut? How many eighty year olds are they putting in space? Doesn't matter, yeah. Rich. The point is, though, I my whole concept is you can do anything you put your mind to. Now, at sixteen, if Deuce was like so passionate and in love with basketball, mm-hmm. and was like, I want to be an NBA player. There's so much that he could have done at that age to become an NBA player. I mean, you can work on your vert, you can yeah, work yeah. on your IQ, you can work on so many things. I mean, like seriously and that's i guess that's my point to a lot of these people but then there are some people that naturally just have confidence or the look or the voice Mm -hmm. that could in relationships that could allow them get in these certain positions but the passion and the love for the broadcasting may not be there so it's possible that's fair yeah yeah i I mean i think anyone if you have the mentality that you want to be a broadcaster and you're going to work as hard as you can and you're honest with your abilities and your sound and your prep you can make in the industry. And then uh, last question here about broadcast, excuse me, broadcasting. Uh, I feel like we've kind of covered it and I feel like we're, I feel like I know the answer already, but tell me how much of this career is self-starting versus following directions technically? Man, I mean, I I, I think it all depends who you talk to. You know, I've had so many bosses in this industry, some more hands-on than not. You know, the hands-on people I learned a lot from, but I also enjoy the freedom. Um, I, I think you. I think it's important. you got to be a self-starter. No, I think in, no matter what field, you got to be fired up for what you're doing. If you're not fired up each day for whatever you're doing, get out of it. Like, I don't care. Find a way. Like, there's no excuse. And I know there's always an excuse. I can't do it financially. It's like, okay, then, you know what? Be miserable the rest of your life. You need to find what you're passionate about. So be that self-starter. Be driven and go for it. So I think, yeah, I, I don't need anyone to fire me up. That That's just my mentality. Like if someone has to fire me up to do a broadcast, then I need to really evaluate things. So no, I, I think a lot of it is being a self-starter. I agree. I, I, a lot of it is. And, you know, one of the sayings or something I always say is like, be willing to fail, but don't accept failure because you're gonna fail a lot in this business. And that's what I always tell uh, young parents. I'm like, don't ever let your kid be a broadcaster. It's so rewarding, but man, is it so hard and can it get so down on you? So it is a lot of self. I mean, a lot of it has to do with you and you starting from the beginning and then with each thing that you get into next, it's all about you and what you're willing to push and do. I think the other thing too is the, the most common question we get is like, okay, so what do I do? How do I get there? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> everyone's path is different. My path is so unusual. Her path is different. Your path. There's no set path. The biggest thing I tell people in the business, you work hard, you treat people well, yeah. it's going to work out. I mean, that that's that's all there is to it. Like my, you, When I first started working at Good Day Sacramento, I'd never done TV before. And there are people behind the scenes that are like, I don't get it. Like he was a radio guy and he never went to Yuma, Arizona to do TV and then go to, you know, name small city, you know, or he never did Chico or Fresno. I'm like, I didn't, but it's okay because I took a different path. Um, there's so many paths to take and, um, just, just work hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that news and, and reporting and journalism and, and sports news, especially it's a really out of the box career. Because you can, I mean, you both were journalism majors, right? And then I'm. <laughs> I still got it. I still yeah. haven't finished. No, oh, no, State, no, please. So. All right, well, let's talk about this. Yeah, no. You, you coming back to us? This is something that you and I, we even talked about. Like, you're like, wait, so you always say you went to Sac State, but did you finish? So I actually didn't finish at Sac State. And I still have, like, so, uh, however many units to finish. And it's so funny. I was working at that time in radio, and then I also got the Good Day Sacramento job. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
well, can't really add on school too. So right. Well, and that I mean that speaks to exactly what we're talking about with this out of the yeah. box path because what happens is you can go to school for your major can be journalism and you could end up being a play-by-play announcer. You can end up being a color commentator. You can end up being um, an audio producer. Yeah. Like there's so many jobs in the, the digital sports media area and you can really end up doing any of them. So I, I don't know. I mean, I really do think that that was one thing for myself. I'll speak for myself here. It's just, I thought that I would go to school, get a journalism degree, get hired to be a journalist. <laughs> it's, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Right? It is. I mean, th- how many, I mean, I can't tell you how many broadcasters reach out to me. They go to Syracuse, which is a premier broadcasting uh, school. They think they're going to go there four years yeah. and they're immediately going to get a job because it's Syracuse. And it's like, dude, there's a lot that goes into it. Like school is one aspect of it. And, and your experience here at Sac State is going to help you tremendously. But it's also what you're doing on the side, which is going to Stockton Kings games on your spare time, going to Sacramento Kings games, yeah. riding at Sacktown Royalty, building relationships with people in the business. That's what's going to help you. I mean, I think about how I got the Kings job. It's because I built relationships at Kings games, and then when a job mm-hmm. was open, they're like, "Oh, what about Deuce?" And that, Yo. you can't predict that stuff, yeah. right? Like it just happens, and so you you have to put yourself in a position to succeed. And I think if you're if you think you're just going to go to school and not do an internship or not do some sort of out of school experience, the odds are you're not gonna it's not gonna work out exactly the way you think about it. It it takes a lot, and I, I think you know that firsthand right now. I'll say like, I'm not going to talk about any specifics, but like I was in an elevator with a person who gave me their business card and I was like, Whoa, this is, this is why you do the things outside of, you know, at those at uh, the precinct game the other day. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're just going to class and you're just getting A's, what are you doing? Like right. you need right. to be outside of the classroom. But um, yeah, I mean, and you're, you're both great examples of that. So Thank you so much for joining us today. I am going to, I got a little game for us. Okay, let's go. Because you are a team. You're a broadcasting team. You're a podcasting team. Okay. But I think we got to pit you two against each other. Oh, no. We're so competitive. So which which one of you is the better athlete? Me. I mean, again, this is debatable. 100% me. I mean, she played at the college level, so she she has that. But we played each other in basketball. He's I beat her multiple times. Dude, she beat me he... once, and that was because she oh we agreed God. that this I would not post up. So that's why I'm she was five, able to six. Play my game then. Don't don't be scared and play my game. Do you want your ankles broken? I guess not. Instead, you want to post up and go cheap. You think Isaiah Thomas would tell someone not to post him up in the NBA then game? Then you're gonna he, beat me one on one. He accepts the challenge and he makes life hard. Patrick Be- remember Patrick Beverly defending Kevin Durant in the playoffs last year? You that's cried. the mentality. You cried you when you post up on me. He cried okay. when he posted up on me. Okay, I do pull a little move where I pinch some back fat. If you're gonna I don't have much back fat, gonna, but okay, when you did and he would post up on me and so I'd pinch his back fat and he'd be like that's cheating I'd be like Morgan not not trying. Here, here's that. the thing about yeah, Morgan thank you. her temperament on the court is DeMarcus Cousins and she is she's emotional I remember I blocked her shot once and she like it, like the ball like might have hit her back she chucked the ball at me I'm like what are you but doing I thought he, it was hurting me <laughs> she's like she's like boogie anyway whatever who has a better radio voice Okay, see, okay, that is, here's my thing about the whole radio voice thing. What? Even friends bring this up. I'm like, dude, I, my radio voice is not like, back in the day, it'd be like, oh, I have a radio voice. I don't do, I just talk. Right, who has the better voice for radio? Ooh. That's, t- I would honestly say him. I'll give this one to him. And not only because he's been doing radio I get longer, a lot of compliments on my he voice. He gets a lot sure. of compliments on his voice. I, I don't get as many. So, you know, if that's like facts, we'll give that one yeah, to him. Yeah, because you sound like. You smoke cigarettes and chase it down with whiskey. Jesus. You kind of have that raspy. Really? You kind of have really? that raspiness where okay. I sound like authoritative. Can't wait for the next question. <laughs> Who's got a better face for the camera? Me. 100% me. Screw you. I win. <laughs> Winner. Deuce. Um, you know, <laughs> he I'll loves get, himself, though. <laughs> I'll give her the edge. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give her the edge. People, If I, we put that out there, she would win, so I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> That one didn't, didn't, you didn't give that one up easy. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm look, not, and I'm only when I was on Good Day, the the moms love Deuce. The moms do love, they still love Deuce. And I'm only saying yep. this because I want to win. I don't necessarily, this isn't like something where, oh, I think I have a prettier face than Deuce. I want to win. I have two points. <laughs> Who has the better mind for basketball? Me. <laughs> 
Okay, do you understand? Do you see how <laughs> selfish Morgan is? Like, she automatically, no matter what the answer is, me, me. She no. gave you radio me. voice. I gave you right, radio voice. Thanks. Um, I think it's different. It Morgan. is different. I mean, I, I feel like my basketball mind is different than yours. You know, yes. you see it from like, you play that at pretty significantly higher level. And than you I did, retain obviously. old yeah. school I mean, I know, stuff. I remember stuff about players and I remember tendencies and you might be more, you, you may be a little better from a strategic standpoint yeah. sometimes, but I even think I'm pretty good at that. I know, you, you I know are, my stuff. But I'm definitely. On the basketball mind. He does call himself that. I'm def, I definitely can break down and analyze a play more where he can break down and analyze an individual more. Uh, and, and it's because he retains what they did exactly in the last game where I retain what the team did or the team defense or the team offense uh, really does. So it's two different ones, but if he wants that point, we can, we can be nice and give him that point. Last yeah. question. Uh -huh. Who has the bigger ego? Deuce, hundred percent deuce. Okay. And you know this. Okay. Here's the thing. It's not true. <laughs> I joke. That's the that's the thing that's wrong with my like character. I put out there sometimes on social media is people think when I like I'm yes. doing these promos that I'm being serious, and that's what makes me laugh. I'm like, dude, you don't know by now that I'm joking when I'm doing this. You think I'm really playing a wrestling heel all the time? Like, you really think I'm walking around being that cocky? Um, I don't. I don't think I have an ego. People, I don't think she has an ego either. Yeah. I think, in, in all seriousness. I've been around people in this business who have egos and it kills me because ultimately, dude, you're just talking into a mic. Like yeah. what? Like really? You, you have an ego, like, especially like some of you're these not TV people the world. I worked with back in the day. I'm like, dude, you are covering a craft fair in Placerville. <laughs> and I nice. don't on a weekend. Don't act like you are, you know, Walter Cronkite here. Let's settle down. But then I've worked with really, really talented people in the yes. business. Whitey Gleason, he used to uh, work on the Rise Guys. Jason Ross comes to mind, Mark Kreidler, G-Man. These are some of the most talented people I've ever been around, and they have no egos. They want to help people. So yep. uh, for radio purpose, when I turn it up, yeah, I have a bigger ego, but it's it's all, it's an it's all for show. Ego. It's all for There's show. people that will be like, I hate this guy, Deuce. I hate him. Yeah. And then they'll meet him. They'll be like, dude, I didn't know you were so nice. Like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, it's not real. Like, you know, it's really. But see, I, this is the one thing I like. But... I struggle with though, is because when I say things on a podcast or a radio show, I mean what I say. Yes. I'm not, I'm not like joking about opinions, or I'm not. It's not. I never have like first take Stephen A. Smith type like opinions. I'm not like a hot take. You guy. enhance it though with your theatrics of whatever. You know, like if you want to say like Morgan, you're wrong you will go into a dramatic sentence of why I'm so wrong, but it's more just as a joke and it's not, but he really does believe I'm wrong. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think, it I think it makes sense. Okay. You, I mean, you're talking, you mentioned earlier, it's kind of you, it's you turned up. Yeah. Is that, that's still where we're at? Yeah. I think that that's, that's fair. And I like, honestly, that's the other thing with all the stupid nicknames I joke about and all these stupid promos I do. It's because I think people in this business take themselves way too serious, especially 100%. in sports radio. Like I listen to a lot of sports podcasts and radio podcasting. Not so much. I think people are more authentic, but people with radio backgrounds or like they're just so like serious and they're they don't. You gotta, yeah, you gotta like it's, joke around. This it, is a child's game it's that we are talking about yeah. that we get to analyze for a living. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah. Now do your homework and give people what they deserve, which is the proper information. Um, but have fun with it. You know, like stop taking yourself so serious. You, it's not right or wrong all the time, and that's what I think so many people think. Especially, especially as I keep going in the business, she's wrong. She's a female. It, that's what it used to be in sports radio, but now more and more people are realizing, oh, like no, this is fun. This is more fun, and she's fun, and he's fun. This is fun. It's fun. Yes, it is. There it is. Broadcasting is fun. Yeah. I love it. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Today. Absolutely. Thank you.